Welcome to Unity of Tucson. We have a special guest today, and uh, he has been here before, and I'm so excited that he is, uh, that he is here again with us today. Uh, we had talked about this uh, some months ago, uh, about him being here on this date, and then I got my, I'm going I'm to out myself here, I got myself all discombobulated, and I wrote to him earlier this week, and I said, you know what, I know that we plan on having you here on Sunday, and can we delay? And, and he said, well, I've already like sent it out to my email list. And I said, okay, well then, then yes, absolutely join us here today. And I'm so grateful. Um, and then I, then, well, why don't you come on up? This is Monk Yun, I'm going to try it. Monk Yunru, close, not at all. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. I will, I will help fix that when you uh, have you. joined me up here. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Simplify. Simplify. Yeah. So I can help adjust that when you are here. This goes back to the days when I used to actually work as a sound person once upon a time in my life. There we go. That's great. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so this gentleman here, Monk Yunru. 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 There we go. Okay. I'm going to get it one of these days. The second one is like a row, like rowboat. Like rowboat. Okay. Right, so Yunru. Yunru um, is a Taoist monk and uh, grateful that he's going to share some wisdom with us today. Now, when I said, uh, I would love for you to speak and you know, share your wisdom, he said, let's make it a dialogue. And so I said, okay, let's make it a dialogue. <laughs> so what did you want to talk about today? Well, you suggested faith. Yeah. Which... Uh, created a certain physiological reaction, panic. Um, <laughs> we, 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 don't have, <laughs> we don't have that exact concept. And I was speaking with one of my senior students. I've been teaching a long time, and I've, bring in, I've brought two um, younger people to master level um, uh, in Taoism, and especially in Tai Chi. And this, this fellow is one of the two of whom I'm most proud, and he's very smart. And he said, you know, I think that faith is a continuum for us, and maybe for everybody. There's one end of the continuum is absolute certainty, and the other end is a yearning based on a little tickle that there's something bigger. And to move from the tickle to the certainty is a process. And for different faiths and different religions, there are different techniques for this. Mm -hmm. So in Taoism, we, f we feel that to, I'm, I'm just gonna, we, we don't really use this term, but I'm gonna use it because it's, it's evocative, to pop the cork out of the top of your head and connect with the divine. We, we call it pure yang, which means heaven, celestial energy, if you will. You have to build a very strong body. That, that is not a presumption that exists in all Asian religions by any means. So, for example, 
in some Buddhist sects, there's mortification of the flesh. And one of the stories about Buddha is that, you know, he tried that. You know, he tried emaciating himself to, you know, to become so small and lean and clean that there was nothing between him and divinity. And he found it didn't work. So he found that he had to, he just got too weak, you know, he couldn't think clearly and he didn't experience things. He said, so somewhere in the middle, like I have to be healthier than this. But to your sim- wonderful, by the way, simplicity song, you know, not over burdened by stuff. There's, um, I don't know if any of you have ever sat zazen. Uh, it's a Zen Buddhist practice where you have sitting meditation. I've had many students and recently lost a, a very close old friend who was a, a Zen monk master, uh, passed away in Florida this past week, Christmas Day actually. And um, he came to me at his, I don't know, I guess in his 70s maybe, and he, he was not uh, physically too great. And he said, you know, all that sitting on my knees for decades has really messed up my back, my neck. I have to have replacements of this and that. And, I'm, and, and I said, you know, he said, I, I understand that Taoism sort of doesn't take that path where we have to get whacked uh, on the back of the head if we fall asleep and we have to you know, make ourselves, our mind, rule our body so that we accept the pain as some path to something. See, Taoism doesn't have that, does it? And I said, no, kind of the opposite. He said, can you help me out with this? And so he began training in Qigong and Tai Chi and other kinds of meditation with me. And we were together and we made a team. We taught in uh, maximum security prisons and um, it, it was really quite great. Uh, and he still sat in his tradition, but he was a little easier on himself. He, you know, when he approached 80, he'd take a chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I think that finding, we were talking about how to awaken or how to nurture, is a much better word, how to nurture a sense of faith. So, in Abrahamic faiths, there's, and not just in Abrahamic faiths, but there's a long tradition of basing story, myth, and legend, which might have come from even earlier times, maybe even Neolithic times. And we get into a pattern of telling stories of great people and things they achieved, and some of us believe that those people may be divine. Taoism has a completely different approach to understanding what is. And instead of being based on myth and legend, although we do have a lot of that, and honestly, it's so much fun. I love it. I, I write it even. I have novels that pursue this. So I don't want to diss it in any way because I, I think it's great. <laughs> but the feeling for a Taoist is that what we really have to do is figure out how the world works. And this arises from shamanic traditions. So some of that might have involved hallucinogens, it might have involved music, dance, um, some early kind of prayer. But what you were looking for when you did it was an understanding of nature, with a capital N. So we don't have God, 
We don't have a Messiah. We don't have um, you know, prophets or anything. But we do have people who have popped their cork and connected with those things. And they have led us just the way in, it happens in, in all things. They have led us trying to share with us what they saw, right? And the inherent difficulty is that if you have a direct experience, whether you want to call it Tao or Buddha or God, if you have a direct experience, the minute you open your mouth to talk about it and try to explain it to someone else, all is lost. And what we get is a world that sadly looks like our world today, where you know we, we have a town full of people who are devoted to studying how to kill other people with missiles and things. And we have a destruction of the environment and no sense of connectedness with all living things and all sentient beings. And we have so many other things that it was really a great song. Yeah, your voice is fabulous and the song was great. Um, and somehow that disconnection gets in the way of anything that I understand faith to be. You know, it's, thank you for all of that. Um, one of the things that, that has really resonating with me in this moment is, you know, we, we, unity as a movement has identified as practical uh, Christianity. Um, we teach a particular uh, relationship and association with the person that was Jesus. We, don't teach, we do not teach that Jesus was the Messiah. That's something that is not part of our, um, our tradition. We teach that Jesus was a way shower. And so for me, that is in alignment with someone who's Perfectly. popped their cork. Right. And we teach, you know, that there are way showers. <laughs> I love that idea, pop their cork. It's pretty um, great. It is. And yeah. there's, there, there, are, there are way showers that have appeared throughout the ages. Right. And we accept and welcome all of the, all of the wisdom and insight. And so what, what really is resonating with me is we're not that far apart. Yeah. We have different jargon that we use right. for it, but um, I'm so grateful to, to kind of have a little bit more insight into your tradition. And I'm always looking at the ways that we are in communication and cooperation, because that to me is one of the most important things that we can express and experience in this thing called life, is, is being in greater cooperation with one another. Um, and I also love the, the concept that the moment you put words to try to describe the ineffable. Exactly. Because I teach that all the time. I always say language is a clumsy tool to try to describe that which is beyond words. I mean, even when we use the word God, I guarantee you, when, we say, when I say the word God, every single person out here has a different idea of what God means. It conjures up some feeling and some idea, and it's going to be different for every single one of us. And so part of the journey for us in our tradition is to really look at what is that relationship? How is it or is it not useful to us? And should we be in a place of willingness to change it if it needs change? And that all comes down to nothing that we can say, state out loud, but a feeling that we have. And for me, feeling is really one of the most important tools I have to deepen into understanding. It looks like you want to jump in there and say something. So, well, it's just that there's one re... I mean, we're on such an important thing because, you know, just like um, all religions, Taoism has a canon, mm -hmm. and so it has scriptures of sorts. And the, generally, the one that is most highly prized 
is only 5,000 words. <laughs> right? So talk about simplicity. Now, this is <laughs> the fact that it's only 5,000 words has caused some problems because I remember reading it when I was 12. And, and I, I wrote a memoir recently and I was reminiscing about reading this book at, at 12 years old. And, you know, I, I'm not sure really. Monk and all, 40 odd, 50 odd years in this and all, that I completely understand what that book is trying to say now, right? But I can tell you that at 12, hopeless. <laughs> Zero chance. Zero. However, I had a sense that there was something there for me. Mm. Now, you know, maybe I, I came from a Holocaust survivor family, so maybe if um, Judaism uh, had been presented to me differently without the pain and suffering and misery and darkness that was in the immediate aftermath of the Holocaust, I, I might have become a rabbi, you know, I, I don't know. That's, that's a, a path not taken. But in this text that I'm talking about, called the Tao Te Ching, or the Lao Tzu, the very first line, the first line says what you said, which is, language, not so much. <laughs> you know, um, when I talk about Tao, not the Tao, because for us, Tao, T-A-O or D-A-O is not an entity, right? So it's not someone watching us or, you know, a creator. We don't, we don't see the system working that way. But Tao is not the word Tao any more than moon is the actual celestial orb, right? I mean, there's a word and then there's the thing you're wording about. And, and that distinction opens the work, which basically says, look, language, you know, it's all we have. Yeah. But it's very limited, and please don't read my book making the mistake that what I'm talking about is the same thing that really is. Yeah. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I was just thinking about this idea, too, that, you know, we carry with us language identifiers of who we are. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually is a fallacy, ultimately, because that also is limiting the, the core of our beingness. And so even for me to call myself Jonathan, am I Jonathan? I don't know. I've got to think. You've got me, I'm, and I'm going to have to sit down and think about this in meditation. Well, so <laughs> one, one, one thing we can say is that when I call myself a hair model, just as a for instance, <laughs> probably wrong. <laughs> Oh, well, certainly lots to think about today. Yeah, thank you so much. For My sharing. pleasure. I really appreciate the invitation. I, I always really enjoy being you. with you. Thank you. And thank all you. of you. Thank um, you. Yun Ro. Ro. Yun Ro. I got it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, um, the famous last words that I will have now is I have not much more to say. <clears throat> By way of a traditional Sunday message. Um, I have a couple of notes that I've taken today just to, uh, you know, just something that moved through me. And it started off with finding this quote today from Charles Fillmore. Faith is the highest expression of belief or confidence. It is that something in us which says, I believe in the possibilities of things that I cannot see. 
I believe in the possibilities of things I cannot see. If I step back, and, and, I, and I am really moved by the conversation we've just had, because this kind of, I didn't even know that we were going to go down that road, but this feels very relevant to the conversation we've just had. Um, my body, my mind, everything in the realm of experience is an expression of something beyond and behind that which we are experiencing. It is beyond thought, it is beyond belief, it is beyond feeling, it is the underlying creative energy of all of those things, and everything springs forth from that underlying thing, this is what we teach, that springs forth from that underlying thing through thought, belief, feeling, and into the realm of physical expression. And so what I stepped back into is the, the construct that everything is spiritual, and that's what I teach. I teach that everything is spiritual. I knocked on the piano last week. I won't knock on the piano this week because um, I, uh, I have great love for musical instruments and I want to treat them with respect. <laughs> the piano is not a piano. The piano is the idea of the piano and the underlying essence of the piano that shows up in physical form as a piano. But the piano itself is nothing. The physical form itself is nothing. I talked about substance last week, and Charles Fillmore's idea of substance is the divine idea behind the physicality. That's what substance is. And so when we understand that everything, all form, is spiritual, then it's got to be a call to each and every one of us to know that truth about ourselves, and I will affirm this idea. You can never be more spiritual than you are right in this moment. You can behave and act in ways that may on the outside look more spiritual, but you will never be more spiritual than you are right in this moment because the whole of you is spirit. It is this essence, this feeling tone is the way I like to describe it sometimes. Our work then is to more thoroughly express that inherent spiritual nature. The universal creative energy has taken on a unique and individualized form in each of us and in all things that are expressed as creation. We are not, and, and I'm going to disagree with you just for a moment because you said something today, but I'm going to maybe try and flip it on its head a little bit. We are not human beings having a human experience. We're not even spiritual beings having a human experience. We are spiritual beings having a spiritual experience because there is nothing other than spirit, that essence of life. And the minute we say that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, we have now separated those things to say that there is separation. We do not teach separation in unity. Think about the name of our, of our faith tradition, unity. We are saying that all is one. Everything is interconnected. There is absolutely no separation from this essence that we call God in this very clumsy language we have for expressing things. I'm going to invite us all to do uh, something. I would like us all to hold up our arms in a V towards the sky and just take a moment to breathe right here and right now, just allowing yourself this moment to be fulfilled in the essence of acceptance. This is a... This is a this is a physical stance of acceptance. 
Now look up. Just look up. Imagine the whole of the cosmos stretched out above you. Imagine this divine reality is all around you. And right in this moment, you are now tuned in as a divine channel of this wholeness. Breathe into that, and now bring it down into a loving embrace. Just allow yourself to feel what you feel in this moment in relationship to activating the physical form in a particularized way For me, what that does is it it sets, I don't want to use the word trigger, I don't like the word trigger, but that's the only word that's coming to mind in this moment, but it triggers within me a particularized response that helps me more deeply understand the truth of my being at a feeling level, not an intellectual level. We are, each and every one of us, an ever-unfolding journey of awakening. That's what we are. And I think the more we can let go of the stuff and the importance we place on the stuff in our lives, the better off we are. Ten years ago today, January 8th, twenty. 12, I was in a car driving across the country to move my life from Los Angeles, California to Toronto, Ontario, and I was carrying with me a lot of stuff. One of the practices that I allowed myself to move through as I was preparing for this trip, and this was a, it was a three-day drive If you've never driven across the country with three cats and a best friend, I don't think I'll tell you to do it. The cats part was really the challenge. (laughs) I had three cats in the car and trying to find motels that, you know, accept cats. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, One of the practices that I went through in preparing myself to make this journey to live in a new country was to look at my life that I had built in Los Angeles for 12 years and look at the stuff and really make determinations around the importance of the stuff in my life. And I let go of so much. I let go. I let go. I let go because it was necessary to open myself to the infinite potential of what would become my life in expression. I attributed a lot of meaning to the stuff. And I'm a very, I'll tell you, I'm a very nostalgic person. I like, I like stuff that brings up that sense and feeling of, of something that I once felt. That's what nostalgia is all about, right? So I do enjoy that, but I also have more of a willingness every single day to let go and say, who am I refreshed and renewed, and renewed in this moment? If I were to let all of that stuff go, if it all disappeared one day, how would I feel? Can I be comfortable with being free of all of it? I attribute meaning to all of that in the same way that I attribute meaning to the expression and experience of life. So what if we changed the meaning? 
I believe and I teach, this is my belief and what I teach, that the value of living in alignment with spiritual truth, as I understand it, and that's the thing, we all understand spiritual truth in a different way, but the value of living in alignment with spiritual truth in whatever way you understand it is to accept richer, fuller experiences of life. But sometimes we glom onto those things back there thinking that they're going to make our lives richer and they will not. They will only potentially hold us back, I believe. What do you believe? Check in, what do you believe? Every little thing in our lives, every little thing in our lives is the result of mind, and we needn't get bogged down in it all. And the solution ultimately is that last phrase in our mission statement, remember who you are. And I am led to say in this moment, remembering who you are is not something that can be expressed through language. That I think it is our work to deepen more and more, to have a sensation of the ineffable. And the moment, think about this, the moment that we attribute an idea in thought form to that sensation, we have now limited it. So it's about even letting that go and letting that go and letting that go. I told you we had a lot in common. (laughs) Yeah. So we utilize words, we utilize language, we utilize affirmation, we utilize prayer, we utilize all of these tools in ways that ultimately are going to limit us. So how do we unlimit ourselves. Well, that's the journey. That's the journey. And I'm grateful that you are all on this journey with me, every single one of you. I'm grateful for every single person I encounter being on this journey. I live in gratitude in every moment of my life. And so the way I wanted to uh, complete the message today was to have us all share in an affirmation that I wrote down many years ago, about this time, uh, 10 years ago. The affirmation is this. I am open to being the reality of God. Let's say that together. I am open to being the reality of God. God's spirit life is that which I am. Now we can say that together. God's spirit life is that which I am. I'll say it. I live in alignment with my highest spiritual truth. I live in alignment with my highest spiritual truth. I'll say it. I am a blessing to the world. I am a blessing to the world. Indeed, we are all blessings to the world. And so it is. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. I'm going to leave this up there while I let you know what the uh, homework is this week. The homework this week is to take a look at every little thing in your life. Every little thing. Oh, I see some people going, oh, gosh. Oh, it's funny because I know for a fact there's somebody who who has made their way from Canada to live in the United States, and you're probably looking at every little thing in your life right now. (laughs) We're having the exact opposite experience that I had 10 years ago. Um, Look at every little thing. Look at the circumstances of your life. See it all with new eyes. Deepen into a greater understanding. See it all, no matter how seemingly small or trivial, through the lens of spirit, through the lens of love, and through the lens of joy, and see what happens. Now, this may sound obtuse. I want you to kind of 
invite yourself to see what works for you. Because if I narrow down the descriptions of this homework too much, I think you'll get lost in thinking you have to do it right. There is no right and there is no wrong. There is only the opportunity to experience and express. So that's the homework this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.